0: Thank you. Next week's program, we hope to speak with Eugene Jarecki, the director of Why We Fight, a documentary currently playing in Sacramento, which I believe that everyone I know, that, that includes you, dear listener, should see. Walter Cronkite said about the film, Why We Fight should be required viewing for Americans, but even more for those on Capitol Hill. The film sends a chilling warning that should not be ignored by Congress and our executive branch. Prominently featured in the documentary is Charles Lewis of the Center for Public Integrity, whom we have spoken to on this program. This is an excellent, excellent documentary. We'll be talking uh, about it at length on next week's show. We would like to note that we uh, wholeheartedly disagree with the rather lukewarm review that the documentary received in Sacramento's News and Review. They called it good. We call it excellent. We would, however, like to refer you to the essay in the Sacramento News and Review, March 16th, 06, from our previous guest, Pete McCloskey. He addresses some issues in there we did not uh, get into very much today, regarding the fearful casualties of Iraq. Talking about the casualties of war, Pete McCloskey said, Beyond all others, they deserve the best a country can give. It was our first Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, who, toward the end of our terrible civil war, spoke of the duty to care for the wounded and the spouses and orphans of those killed in combat. This last week, of course, marked the third anniversary of the conflict in Iraq. Rupert Cornwall, reporting in the London Independent, said, If anyone was looking for even the slightest hint of second thoughts from those who led the U.S. into Iraq, they would have been sorely disappointed on the third anniversary of a war that is eating into America's soul and that may well reshape its political landscape. More sacrifice would be required. But our goal is nothing less than complete victory, President George Bush declared in his weekly radio address. Lisa Zagaroli, writing for the B. Washington Bureau, noted that as the third anniversary of the war arrives, the $21 billion the U.S. has allocated for reconstruction of Iraq has yet to lift the war-torn nation from ruin. Power outages are the norm. In fact, there's less electricity available than before the war. Fewer people have clean water and sanitation systems. And fuel production hasn't reached pre-war levels either. Despite the unraveling situation in Iraq, Vice President Dick Cheney said this was no civil war. The insurgents had reached, quote, a stage of desperation, unquote. Contradicting the Vice President's assessment was a statement by former Prime Minister Ayad Alawi, who said, if this is not a civil war, then God knows what civil war is. In uh, Eugene Jarecki's documentary, Why We Fight, uh, little struck me as being completely surprising, but one item did. They noted in the film that uh, the idea of having no exit strategy could be attributed to the fact that there really is no plan for exit. Thirteen or fourteen bases are under construction now, and as you may have noted uh, in the B, the buzz at bases in Iraq hints at a longer U.S. presence. And in fact, George W. Bush blithely admitted yesterday that um, we clearly will not have all the troops out by 2008 when he leaves office. We want to note, too, this is a bipartisan issue. It's hard to find anyone on the Democratic side who uh, who's been stridently pointing out the folly in all of this. Russ Feingold has tried to reach out and censor the president, and that appears to be going nowhere. We do sometimes leave countries. There are no U.S. bases in Vietnam, but if you ask folks in Germany, Japan, and Korea about uh, whether they think we're going to be pulling up stakes and leaving, well, uh, you know, after 60, 50, 60 years, um, there's been no inclination to do so there. I think we're in Iraq for the extreme long haul. As usual, Doonesbury always manages to summarize things rather succinctly in four cartoon panels. Uh, last week, they had one where the television screen is at a Bush press conference, where a reporter asks, Mr. President, there were nearly 1,100 murders in Baghdad last month, not including car bomb killings. Sir, hasn't civil war in Iraq effectively already begun? The president said, look, democracy's hard. I understand that. Remember, our four framers in Philadelphia also had a pretty rough summer. Porter asks, there were 1,100 murders in Philadelphia? (laughs) President, we don't know, but Philly was a tough town. And uh, no, those are not actual quotes from a press conference, but one thinks they might as well be. It's hard sometimes not to despair at our political situation. Uh, this is not helped by the Sacramento Bee article uh, yesterday about how the primary paths in California are being made easier for the GOP. It seems in California, where uh, Democrats hold an eight percentage point registration advantage, the Republican Party is setting out to make sure that in the primary races there's not a lot of conflict. For uh, statewide offices, two of the seven partisan races featured GOP candidates running as incumbents after taking office under unusual circumstances. Uh, Of course, both Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger and Secretary of State Bruce McPherson, who gained office by special appointment in 2005. In three other races, anticipated Republican nominees face easy or uncontested primaries. The B quotes Tony Quinn, co-editor of the California Target book, which analyzes elections, as saying, the wiser Republicans realize they're up against a difficult year and there's no reason to have a bunch of bloody difficult primaries. You know, we think a few bloody difficult primaries might do this state a world of good. Something else we should mention looking down at this list of candidates is that our Secretary of State, Bruce McPherson, Two weeks ago, late on a Friday afternoon, while nobody was watching, on the worst news day, the best time to try and slip something past the public that they don't notice, uh, recertified DeBolt to uh, provide California with vote counting machines. We're going to follow that one. I guess we can just note in closing that (sighs) at least we don't live in Belarus. Where the March 19th presidential election did not meet the required international standards according to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. According to official figures, President Lukashenko received 82.6% of the vote compared to 6% of his nearest rival, Alexander Milinkovich. And it has now become a pattern. Observers from other ex Soviet republics, including Russia, said the vote was free and fair. We would note that the Bush administration also rejected the results and supported a call for a new vote. And, you know, we think if anybody knows about fraudulent elections and how to increase your vote count, it would be the Bush administration. It's rather sad to note that there have been no significant protests. The protesters are dwindling away in Minsk. Riot police deployed uh, have so far not intervened to disperse any of the protesters despite a threat from President Lukashenko last week that he would wring the necks of demonstrators. Lukashenko is a visionary. He had noted last week to his countrymen that uh, Belarusian men need to lose weight so that women will sleep with them. Noting uh, what he judged to be an unacceptably low birth rate, The president said men are at least partly to blame because of, quote, their failure to keep a healthy lifestyle, their lack of physical exercise, and their overeating, particularly late at night. When our men moan and groan and cannot breathe, weigh 300 pounds and cannot walk, our women turn to Western men. I guess we just have to note after all that that, you know, our political system could be worse. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax on KDVS. A special thanks to our guest today, former Congressman Pete McCloskey. All jokes about politicians aside, we think uh, the former congressman is an excellent man, and we wish him well in his battle for the 11th Congressional District's Republican Party nomination. Before Election Day, we hope he will return to speak to you again. We look forward also to Eugene Jarecki on next week's program, the director of Why We Fight. An excellent documentary that, again, we think everyone should see. Now, stay tuned for Todd. We'll see you next Thursday at 5.